Welcome to the Living the Dream Podcast with Curveball. If you believe, you can achieve. Hello and welcome to another episode of Living the Dream with Curveball. I am your host, Curveball, and today I am joined by best-selling author and motivational speaker, Birdie Lynn. She is going to show you how to survive and overcome trauma. We're going to be talking about her memoir, Through the Storm of Early Trauma, and she's going to be telling you all about that. So, Birdie, thank you for joining me today. Thank you for having me. Thanks, Curtis. Well, why don't you start off by giving the audience maybe a little bit of background about yourself, anything you might like us to know about you? Yeah, so I am a single mother of one son, and he is just my pride and joy. I also am CEO of three different companies, so Milan Property Management, and that's a property management firm in the commercial and multifamily real estate industry. I also am CEO of Ream, which is a tech app we're developing for the real estate community. And and then I just am CEO of a small private uh, publishing firm where we're you know, just starting to publish a lot of books under Birdie Lynn. So pretty busy girl and just thankful for the opportunities that I have in life. Absolutely. You definitely are pretty busy. So let's get into it. Let's talk about your memoir. Kind of tell us about it and why you decide to write it. Yeah. So I decided to write Through the Storm of Early Trauma because it was, it started out as a, just a a healing journey for me. I didn't want to write it first and foremost, very private person, but I kept getting encouraged by a friend and kind of aligned with just as far as writing the story and like putting it out to the public that kind of just came out of, I say divine intervention because I had two strangers then um, less than two months of each other tell me that I was hurting and running from something and that I needed to, to face it. And it, what I was running from was writing my story. And I didn't want to do that. I didn't want to put my business out there. So it was all about me. And eventually I figured out that I needed to write my story because it could relate to so many people who had gone through what I went through. And I wanted those people to know what I didn't know at the time is that they are not alone and they're not alone in trying to heal from that trauma either and overcome it and move forward. And so I relived those moments with my editor and you know, she got me to kind of go deeper and we were able to get my, my story out and get it out there to, to everyone for them to read. Um, I wanted to make sure I was transparent. I was vulnerable and that I didn't hold anything back that way. 
anyone who has experienced the trauma that I've experienced in my life as a child and they're affected by it, whether they know it or not, as an adult, that there was hope for them that they could actually heal from from that trauma and understand how to be free from it and and live gamelessly and, and fearlessly. So I think that's very important. So when you were in the book, you mentioned that you're doing this from a positive perspective and to give out a positive message for people surviving trauma, not a negative message. How yeah. were you able to do that in your mind with all that you have been through and give people tips on being able to do that, even though their trauma might be something negative, but they're trying to help people in a positive manner. And that's all they're doing. They're not showing any anger or resentment. They're saying, hey, I'm trying to help people in a positive way, not negative. Absolutely. That's a great um, question. So one of the things that I wanted to be that I was adamant about and I wanted to make sure that I did was not just put my business out there and say, hey, this happened to me. You know, I wasn't looking for to share a negative experience and receive a pat on the back to say, oh, I'm so sorry. You know, I wanted to put it out there and say, listen, this is what happened. This I went through this negative experience. It was, you know, this adversity in my life. And this is how I powered through that moment. This, these are the outlets that I use. Here's how I had to become my own expert as a child and get through those moments when I felt I couldn't tell because I felt all alone. And here's not only how I did it, but here's how I healed from it later on and moved forward. And so I think that whenever you're sharing an experience, and this is just with trauma period, whether you're going through it or you're trying to heal from, you know, you know, after the, the it's happened and occurred is that you can just say, you know, this is what happened or this is happening. Right. And, you know, this is the negative experience I'm experiencing. How can I get through it? What can I do? And really just strategizing and developing that plan. Right. And I talk about this in not only my book, but my, my workbook. And then once you understand, you've, you've understood, you understand the whys, you identify um, the source, and then you can proceed towards handling it. So if it's, if it's something that, and this is the positive outlook, right, on it. So if it's something that is in, occurred in the past and you're just wanting to move on from it, then you're going to have to find a way to, once you've identified the, the source and understand the why and understand maybe that that person's pain that tried to hurt you and, and why they w- would have tried to hurt you, understand that was not your fault, that you then need to forgive yourself and you need to forgive the person who hurt you. You need to forgive this, the, the, the others, basically, in that scenario. And then once you can forgive them, then you can truly move forward and, and overcome that situation. If you're going through the trauma, then you need to do the same thing all the way up to that process. But now you need to take a little, a little bit more of an action. You don't have to continue in that trauma, like especially if it's some, someone who's abusing you, you can leave, you can seek help. You, can, you have the strength to take that action and 
get out of that situation. And then you can process the forgiveness and then you can move forward. But when you're in the trauma, you necessarily cannot take, you have to take action. You can't, you know, avoid taking action because then that will, that could be detrimental to you as you're going through trauma, such as sexual abuse or domestic abuse. So I'm not, I don't want anybody to ever stay in that situation and find outlets to power through that. No, (laughs) I want you to find help. And that may be reaching out to someone who can help you, someone else you can go stay with, the police, professional counselor, whoever it is, but never stay in a situation that's, um, that you're, when you're being harmed. Well, tell people about your workbook and What's in the workbook? Yeah, so the workbook, um, which can be found at birdylynnkelly.com. So that's B-Y-R-D-Y-L-Y-N-N-K-E-L-L-E-Y.com. My workbook, it it essentially is like a warm embrace from me. So whether you're using it to, um, as you read, read the book, and you're going chapter by chapter, or you use it after you've read the book, I wanted it to be a tool that takes you through my experiences again, but this time we're stopping and we're asking questions. We're asking for takeaways to where the reader can jot down their thoughts and their emotions. You know, there are surveys in there to kind of survey, hey, do you even feel that you've been through trauma? Do you feel like it's affecting you right now? And then I've provided like outlets you know, tangible outlets, like there's where a place where they can do a collage, there's a vision board, there's adult coloring pages. So, so much that I tried to do to kind of help in a, in an organized fashion, get people through my book and through those negative experiences that I went through and come out on the other side in, in just a positive way. And I create a place where they can actually strategize um, and develop a game plan to heal and overcome and to get through their, their, their trauma and that traumatic experience in their life. In your book, you talk about how you cherish when you find a penny on the ground. Tell the <laughs> listeners about that and what you do when you find a penny on the ground. Yes. Okay. So about that, that was when I was a little girl, I wanted a sign that God was really watching over me. And I got that from a, a singer, her name was Amy Grant, and she has this song. It's called Angels Watching Over Me. Do you know that song? Yes, I think I have heard of Amy Grant. Yes, so it goes like, got an angels watching over me every step I take. <laughs> so it's kind of like that. So I love that song. That was a song I've, I've just, I love since I was a little girl. And I was like, you know, well, how do I know when angels are watching over me? Because I had, you know, I was experiencing all that trauma. And I remember that I found a penny. And I said, this is my sign. Every time I find a random penny that I know that I've got at least 10 angels per penny that, you know, that I find watching over me. So to this day, I'll pick up loose change. I won't, I will not pass over a penny. And I chose the penny because of how insignificant a penny is to a lot of people, right? So like, so if I find like a quarter or like a nickel or a dime, I'm like, whoa, like, you know, you you feel rich. (laughs) 
but like with the penny, it was just like, okay, this is, this is my sign. And so whenever I found like maybe five pennies, I'd be like, whoa, I have a lot of angels around me. And that's what I would think of as significance of that. Every time I find one just randomly as I'm walking or just, you know, anywhere that I find it at, it's just my little sign that I got angels watching over me. Well, I got a question for you about healing. After surviving and healing from your trauma, can you talk about what you've done to heal and then give people some tips and advice on healing from whatever trauma they might have went through or be going through? Absolutely. So I don't even think I had a chance to really heal from my childhood trauma until like my 30s. During my 20s, I was dealing just with the adult trauma I was going through. But what ended up happening was I got nightmares. Um, I was getting nightmares and and night sweats and, you know, walking around in fear and flashbacks would haunt me. And it was just something that I didn't know how to get rid of. And I you know, didn't want to go to a counselor. I did try, um, but I just didn't see the significance of someone sitting across from me that didn't really know me or what to say. And I didn't know them and I didn't know if I could trust them. It was, it was a lot. And so one of the things I just started to do is just recognize that I was in a lot of pain and it was starting to take over my life. And once I recognized and accepted that, I, I I had to identify, okay, why? Like, why am I in pain? Like, what am I, what's what's really bothering me, right? I see surface level pain, but what's really bothering, what's triggering it? And then I had to, once I identified that, I had to understand why. Why did this happen? Why did this other person do this? What were they dealing with? Where did they learn this? And then from there, it was more or less me having to forgive, forgive myself for not speaking up, for not telling, for being too scared and and being fearful, forgiving myself basically for not knowing what to do. Because a lot of times I think we as humans are so hard on ourselves sometimes, like when we find out after the fact how easy it was to just say something but during because you're frozen by emotion and fear you 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 feel weak and I had to forgive myself for that weakness and then I had to forgive my abuser I think once I found true forgiveness and I was able to talk through it and actually talk about it, then I was only able to move on. And, and those things didn't haunt me anymore. You know, I, again, I spelled these steps out of, of the steps that I took that really helped me in my workbook and, and, you know, detail them because I, I want people to know here, here are the tools that I use and, and here's what they can use as well. Well, I know you got a, part two of your memoir coming out, but let's have you give out your contact information and tell people how they can purchase part one and two of your books and anything else you might be working on. Yeah. So right now they can purchase part one 
um, on Amazon. So we have it. We have the the paperback, hard hard uh, cover. We have ebook, and we have the audiobook. And that all of those can be found on Amazon for part one. And part two, we're currently working on that. So um, that may not be out until next year, but I'm currently writing it. And so there's, there's a, there are some things that I'm finding I still, I need to kind of backtrack and maybe I haven't released this and there's still some hurt and some anger there. So <laughs> part two is definitely something that you know, in, in part one, it, I mean, these, these are, this is my life. These are real emotions. These are things that I've grappled with. And, and um, so, yeah, they can find, they won't be able to find that uh, part two probably until next year. And that'll be on Amazon as well. Um, the workbook is the only one that can be found on my actual webpage, birdielandkelly.com, uh, excuse me. And they can get that and just some fun promotional swag items that I've created. And then I also have a journal on there as well. Like um, a journal with a, a, a logo we that um, I have d- had designed that kind of em- embodies my journey. Tell them the name of the book again. Through the Storm of Early Trauma, Healing and Overcoming. All right. Now I just got one last question for you. And the book, in your book, you said when people see you to ask you to tell them an inspiring story that is not in in your book. So tell us an inspiring story that is not in your book. Well, there's a caveat to that, Curtis. I said when they see me. Yeah, you you haven't seen me, so I can't tell you that I'm just playing. Yeah, but we got a chance to talk to a great person like you. So that's that's like the same thing. <laughs> okay. So so a story that's not in my book. All right. So in fifth grade, I was a part of now what was in the book was I made the Scotty Steppers. I had a journal entry about making the Scotty Steppers, which was a cheerleading group, like a little dance cheerleading group. Well, we went to a party that the coach hosted and my parents and, and, and family went and they had a barbecue, you know, in her backyard. And we were, you know, again, I was, I was still being bullied and teased with the kids. So I wasn't really accepted, but while all of our parents were there, everyone was on good behavior. So they, you know, everyone was saying, let's have, you know, let's have a race in the pool. Like, so we needed to, you know, jump in the pool and, and race each other. So everyone stood on top of the pool deck there and we were supposed to like dive in and then race to see who got to the other side of the pool the fastest. Well, I really didn't say and I didn't know how to swim, but I thought that I did because I knew how to doggy paddle. <laughs> but I had never swam in, in deeper water than like four feet. So I jumped in with the kids and I started swimming and I all of a sudden felt my feet not touch the ground. And I, when I felt that I tried to maybe just bounce down a little and 
to bounce back up, but I was in the deep water, so I couldn't bounce up. So I only went down further. When I realized that I couldn't bounce back up, I started drowning um, and panicking. And I was splashing around enough to where after all the kids had left my area where I was still drowning, they weren't splashing around anymore. There was one kid who realized that I was there and called out that I was drowning and they, he jumped in and pulled me out just in time where I didn't have any more breaths left and pulled me out. And they started like getting the water out of my, my system. And it happened to be one of the cutest guys (laughs) in the school, (laughs) which is so embarrassing, but that was a, a moment because it really taught me that you can't keep up with everyone. Like um, I was trying to, I wasn't considered cool and they would talk about me. So instead of trying to just do what I, I knew I could do as far as swimming, I tried to fit in and almost died. So that really taught me a huge lesson never to try to keep up with the Joneses essentially. And I think from there on forward, I, I never pretended to, to do something I knew that I couldn't do. Ladies and gentlemen, I would like to thank (laughs) Birdie Lynn for joining me today. Make sure you go pick up her book as well as our workbook. And also please be sure to follow, share, rate, and review after listening. Birdie, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. Birdie Land for joining me today. Make sure you go pick up her book as well as our workbook. And also, please be sure to follow, share, rate, and review after listening. Birdie, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. For more information on the Living the Dream podcast, visit www.djcurveball.com. Until next time, stay focused on living the dream.